we have breaking news here on the Catfish Corner. Um, just a little while after we cut the original podcast, uh, there's news on the Predators front, Paul. Yeah, Austin Watson has been reinstated from his indefinite suspension, which was, according to the league and the Players Association, alcohol an alcohol-related relapse, which um, Austin himself addressed before the suspension. He's had some problems with alcohol and depression and whatnot. Um, he will be back with the team on Tuesday mornings. Um, he's expected to be at the morning skate. I don't know how long it's going to be before he plays, Tommy. I mean, you know, he's been out for – he's missed 20-some games. He's been out for, you know – Many, many weeks. Um, and this isn't some kind of thing where he's skating with the team in private. That just doesn't happen. No, no. He was, he was at a, he, he was at a, at a you know, independent alcohol rehab place far away from here, or presumably far away from here. But anyway, away from hockey, away from everyday life. Which is where he needed to be. And, and uh, well, this is where, which were the league's, you know, mandates that he needed to be and, you know, per, per their, per their CBA. And so, um, you know, Austin will be back in uniform tomorrow, but I don't know when he'll play again. And, you know, it, or even if he'll play again, I think there's been one other, uh, Zach Cassian, I believe a few years ago, um, came out of stage two. And I think he might, I didn't, I haven't, I haven't had time to do all the research on it yet, but I think he might've been, um, uh, you know, had the same status available, you know, available to play on the active roster. He did not play right away. I think they might end up waiving him, but he's anyway, he's still in the league now, um, but it's a very, you know, we've talked about before. Stage two is a very rare thing. Very few players have entered it, um, and to and for him, I'm kind of gonna be honest with you. I'm a little surprised that it was this quick. I mean, I thought we, I, I thought there was a possibility we might never see him in a Predators uniform again, or maybe in the NHL again. Um, hopefully, this is good news for him and his family. Um, you know, it's never been since all this has come out. You know, uh, it's never been about hockey to me. Um, so here's the hoping that the person is is where he needs to be. Forget about the hockey player for right now. Now, how that could affect the Predators in the future remains to be seen, but this is a step in the right direction, we hope. Yeah, and, and we discussed this when the suspension was first handed down, and uh, he had previously been suspended for an incident. So this is really a third strike uh, opportunity for him. And, you know, I want all the best for him. You know, I want him to be be healthy and and in a good place mentally and physically and spiritually and every other way, and that has that has nothing to do with hockey. But he is now part of the Predators again, which again it gives them you know if 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 we talk for a second about how that could impact them on the ice, I mean that gives them another physical presence if if he comes back, um, if he's able to get in shape. I think there's nine or ten regular season games left in the playoff starts. Not a lot of time for him to get back up to speed. Um, and that's not even saying, you know, that the Predators could very well say, you know, when he comes back, and I, I don't see why they would do this since they've stood behind him for, for this long, but they could very well say, see you later. I mean, they could wave him. They could not play him. They could, you know, there, there's a lot of different things they can do. Uh, so this doesn't necessarily mean that he will be playing for the Predators again, but he's a lot closer to doing that than he was before. And I think, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, he's got a baby, uh, you know, he's got a, a fiance or girlfriend. I'm not sure what the status is there, but, um, you know, in the incident that you mentioned before where he pleaded no contest to domestic violence, which she later recanted. I mean, I, you know, it's hard. Look, I don't know what happened that night. I don't want to get into all that again. He, you know, he, uh, you know, him and his, that's between him and her. And, and I just hope, you know, from, from a personal standpoint, having seen people suffer through this kind of thing and having lived with it for all of my childhood, um, I sincerely hope, you know, that not just Austin, but anybody who goes through this can find their way out of it because, 
you know, oftentimes people don't. And, you know, I'm always rooting for the person way more than the player. And I understand that's not everybody has that perspective, but. Yeah, um, and and, and not everybody, and and good for the NHL and good for Austin that, that he has the resources. Um, not everybody has those when they when they run into these problems. They may have already lost their job. Um, they may work at a place, a small business that says, "Sorry, you didn't show up. You're no longer employed here." He 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 is afforded rehab um, under the collective bargaining agreement, and the team, apparent for all apparent purposes, taking him back. They took him back before. Um, right now, as we speak, he's a member of the team. He's on the roster, and I'll tell you. Forget about the own ice stuff. I think that I, I gather, and you told me if you feel differently, that this team's going to be really glad to see him back, I, like I mean, just in the locker room, and, whether and he it, skates or not. Look, he's a guy who you know his, he, he's a guy who's loved by his teammates. I mean, I, I, you can tell that when when you walk into a room, uh, how much a guy is respected and well liked within a room. And I know these can be like you know they can be like fraternities and blah blah blah. But th- th- this is a guy who. Really, I think his teammates, um, you know, well, they didn't condone his actions over the summer and they didn't condone some of the things he's done. They also understand these are personal struggles and they look at him as a friend. Right. So if your friend was in trouble or your friend had issues, you know, I, I think if you're a real friend, you stand behind them and, and you you're through thick and thin. And I think they you know, they have done that. Um, but he's a guy who, you know, look, I mean, him and I have had conversations that I w- would never share with anybody else on a personal level and my impressions of him um, were, were genuine and he's a human being, he's flawed, you know, and, and we all are, and he makes a lot of money and, and he play, you know, he plays a game and all that, but I, I strip all that aside and I look at it, you know, fr- from, from a, a personal standpoint, um, I, I just hope he gets better. I hope, I hope that he can continue to get better. I hope that once he's out, you know, he's, he's back living on his own that he's able to, you know, make the right decisions and be strong enough mentally to, to do all that. If he never plays hockey again, you know, I don't think it really matters in, in the long run. Uh, but, you know, again, he, he is back. He, he will be back in uniform. Um, from, where, from where that goes from there, we'll see. Yeah, and I think it's way too early to talk about hockey until he's on the ice, until we see if he is on the ice and if he contributes or not. But but I just, you know, the, the my initial reaction when I heard this news is, I'm glad for him, and I hope this works out. And we should note too that this this decision to reinstate him has nothing to do with the Predators. It has everything an NHL decision. It's 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 the, the the people who run this program for the NHL, the substance abuse program for the NHL, decide when he's ready to come back. He doesn't decide that. Well, he he does by his actions, but he has no say in that. He doesn't get to go verbally. say, "I'm ready," and right. they say, "Okay." Right. The decision is case. made. The decision is made for him by others, independent of the team. So, you know, that also experts should be experts in the recovery field. These are professionals. Right. So that that should be, you know, that should also be noted that this is not him just making a promise that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm OK now. Now, that doesn't mean he is. He's, it's going to be a lifelong thing for him. But mm-hmm. for right now, he seems yeah, and to it's be not the Preds can't say, look, we kind of need the guy back. Can you go ahead and send him? That doesn't work that way either. I would, I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't thought. No, seriously, I don't think that's no, the way. No. According to the collective bargaining agreement, that's absolutely not the way it works. No. And, and that's been made very clear. And look, that, you know, the, the Predators haven't really said much since since the beginning of the season. They just continue to say that they stand behind him and his family and want him to get better and uh, you know hopefully he's on on the way to do that and you know and and i say this from a very very personal standpoint 
I hope you know not for the even for the sake of Austin or or his his girlfriend, but for the sake of his kid, right? You know, I, I really hope that you know that they're able to get things together and and that child, you know, will grow up in an environment that's free of some of the things that are going on now, and and that's that's really what I hope. But anyway, we'll see if he if he. Yeah, let me let me share a little story from from some years ago when uh, I was in a situation where I ended up taking somebody to a hospital that was having. Issues. I won't say they're exact same issues, but they may be similar. And you know, I someone asked me because I was, you know, I don't know if I did the right thing or you know, how can I help? And, and they said, "Hold on, let me ask you a question. Did you get them to a place where they can get the help that they need, regardless of if they accept it or not?" And I said, "Yeah." And they said, "Well, you did good. Um, he has gotten to a place where he can get help. Let's just hope that that he got the help and accepted the help that he needs." And I think too. Look, I think there's. There, it's not just a you know you're a get out of jail th- kind of a thing. I think there's going to be a lot of close monitoring of Austin. I'm, I'm sure that there will be you know uh, tests and, and things like that that are done, and, and he'll be closely monitored and closely watched. And, and like you say, he's on strike three now. So, and I think you know he he's a smart guy. I, I've gathered that from talking to him. Um, he doesn't always make smart decisions, but he's a smart guy. And, and you know what? That's not abnormal, but I think you know he will be closely monitored, and and he's not guaranteed anything. This doesn't guarantee him anything in terms of his career. So we'll see where that goes. But per, on a personal level for him, I hope that this is the beginning of of a long, uh, prosperous journey that you know ends up in a good place. Right, and with that, we'll cut back to the rest of the podcast that we recorded earlier in the day. So uh, we're getting toward the end of the regular season. And there's some interesting uh, things going on with uh, players. And let, let's start with the guy who's just red hot and has been when he's been on the ice this year, um, Victor Arvidsson. Yeah, he's having a career year. I think he's missed 22, 23 games this year, but he's going to set a career high in goals. <clears throat> Excuse me, set a career high in goals. And um, I, I asked him when we were in L.A., you know, why, how he's been able to do that. And I didn't. I did some somewhat of an interesting uh, deep dive on some numbers. He said his shot selection had been better um, this season, and so I kind of took a look at that. And he's actually um, uh, compared to last year, averaging a few more shots per game, a few more shot attempts per game, a few more shots. Uh, not a few more, but a little, a very tiny bit more uh, shots on goal and, and shot attempts per game. But he's converting on almost eight percent more of the shots that he's taking this year than he did last year. So I think it kind of bears out in the numbers what he's saying is true that you know he's he, he's the engine that kind of makes them go on that top line. I know when they've moved him down uh, to try to get other lines going, um, inevitably after one or two games he's always ended up back on the top line again, and I don't think that's going to change. Um, and he's listen, he's a guy who just you know he's so fast. Uh, Ryan Johansson said to me once when I asked him about playing with him, he said sometimes it's hard to keep up with him. Like he's he he's so much faster than everybody else that. Uh, you know, it's hard for his own teammates, let alone, you know, the other teams to keep up with him. But, you know, he's a guy who's going to be huge, uh, you know, come playoff time. One thing that stuck out to me, though, that kind of defines the struggles on the power play this year is that Arvidsson, I think he has 31 goals, 32 goals or something this year. 28 of them have been at even strength, which just lends credence to the fact that their power play has just been so bad. Like, you know the when you obviously it five says, on it f- says he's good five on five, but it also says even he is not scoring on the power play. Even he's not scoring on the power play. But look, he's 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 averaging point uh, six three goals per game this year, which uh, 
is about a quarter more goals per game than he averaged last year. Um, you know, he's a guy that are going to they're top heavy in their reliance on their offense, which is going to which leads us into what we're going to talk about next uh, as well. But you know, as far as as that top line goes, you know, you take him away, you take him out of that equation, um, and Arvidsson and Forsberg and, and Johansson become different players. So. You know, those three together is, is you know, all, all season long they've been searching for combinations. They have one that works. I think they're going to stick with this one for, for the duration. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a wise move. I mean, he's he's just looking at some of the numbers real quick, and I, I wrote about it the other day. Um, he has 23 goals since he came back <clears throat> December 27th, which is the third most in the league. Um, and he's had 125 scoring chances and, and of those scoring chances 55 have been high danger uh, both of those are are either at the top of the league or near the top of the league during that time frame so you know you're looking at a 50 plus goal season if he's healthy and keeps up that pace um, which is something that you know I think the predators record for goals in a season is 34 or 35 something like that he's probably going to break that um you know, and if he can stay healthy, now that they have some guys who are willing to go in front of the net, and he doesn't have to do it all the time, uh, and doesn't get beat up so much. Uh, you know, you think he can keep that up in the playoffs? They'll be in good shape as yeah. far as that that line goes. That that's another very, um, I think, uh, admirable thing you can say about his game is is he's not a guy when you look at him that you would say that's who I want in front of the net. But it, but it was a role he was willing to fill because before the the trades and moves happen. They didn't really have that physical presence, and, and he was – I mean, he got beat up. And, but I never saw him shy away from that. No, and he still doesn't now when, when, you know, when the situation calls for it. But he doesn't have to do it all the time. And it's important, you know, to, to protect guys like that. I mean, he's not a real big guy. He's not a real physical guy. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a fast offensive player, and, and he knows, you know, playing him in that role there is going to be more, <clears throat> more conducive to success for the Predators than – Having him uh, being pinballed around in front of the net—that's for sure. Yeah, but but even in sports, you know, other sports, basketball, uh, football, whatever, finesse guys, which which I guess you would kind of classify as his best skill set, tend to shy away from contact, and he is not a guy who's contact shy. He still doesn't have his front teeth replaced from when he lost <laughs> earlier this season, which I, that's what I love about hockey players. But but anyway, his you know cementing him in. Uh, not that it was a question before, but um, you know, Peter Livelet has said it's 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 a difficult decision to, to move him. But now they're getting a little better play now from their second line uh, of late, and and Kyle Kyle Turris, um, you know, had been playing a lot on the second line, dropped down to the third and fourth line, and dropped down to being a healthy scratch, which is not an ideal place for a six million dollar a year player to be. But the Predators had a lot of success playing without him um, Kyle has struggled mightily this season he struggled in the playoffs last season he had an okay start to this year then he got had a couple of injuries that kept him out he just hasn't been able to produce and you know I think lately uh, at least the last couple of games Colton Sissons has, has stepped in and um, produced more visibly I would say I guess on the score sheet I mean he's, he's kind of the same player all the time um, but and that's and that's a versatile player. That's just, you know a straight ahead, straightforward player. You know you, you know what you're going to get out of him. But he's starting to produce offensively, which which that top line needs some support. Like they you know you can't be a one line team going into the playoffs. You have to have other offensive threats. He's been playing with Craig Smith and, and Yarncroke, and they've been playing pretty well. Um, fitting in the other new pieces with Boyle and Simmons and fit, kind of figuring all them out. You know that's that's kind of the process the Predators are going through as the playoffs approach is figuring out who they are with what they have 
and, and what the best combinations are because you can take three really good talents and put them together and they might not mesh as well as if you switched one of them out and put a lesser talent in his place. And, and, and you know, that's especially been true this year for, for the Predators with all the injuries that they've had is finding those right combinations. And then when you do find a combination that works, okay, well, now a guy's coming back and you have to kind of move things around again. But, you know, I think in, in order for them to succeed in the playoffs, two things have to happen. I think one is they have to have production beyond the top line. The other is they have to have production out of their goalies, which is, I mean, UC had another really good game the other day. They've been kind of going, you know, kind of doing the, I think Pekka started consecutive games for the first time in two or three weeks the other day. So they have been using both goalies a lot, um, which is something that we've alluded to earlier. And you know, UC kind of gets ready to take over for Pekka, whether that's next year or the season after that or, or whenever it may be. He's proving that he's ready for that. And they're going to need that in the playoffs. I mean, no matter who they play, you know, strong goaltending in the playoffs is is a, a hu- obviously a huge factor. It's not rocket science, but they have two really good goalies, and that's what, what may, leads me to believe that you know they can be. You know, the playoffs are so unpredictable, but the, the, the Predators are rock solid in goal, and I think that is a huge advantage for them going into the you know into the playoffs, no matter who they play. Yeah, and and UC's role, I would say, in December was almost like a backup catcher. You know, the, the, every fourth or fifth day you give the other guy a rest, and it's, it's almost like he's just there to give the guy a rest. And, and then he started performing so well. Now he's about a 50-50. It's almost coin flip who's going to start, isn't it? it I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, Pekka's going to have – I mean, nobody – I just meant on any given game. Yeah, on any given game. And look, and what I look at too more than that is who are you playing against? So you see played – you know, played against the Sharks, which was a, a pretty big game for, you know, the Sharks are obviously a really right. good team. And the faith, you know, of putting your quote-unquote backup goalie out there in a game that, that has meaning, uh, which they started to do a little bit last year, but they've done a lot more this year. You're not just throwing them in there against teams that are bad or, or <clears throat> you know, teams that maybe, you know, aren't as good, quote-unquote, or whatever you want, however you want to classify it. But they're putting him in important situations, and he's, he's performing uh, for the most part. And I think that bodes very well for them in the near future and, and in the long term. So let's let's get back to tourists. What what do you think is going on there, and and what what does that bode for him the rest of the way? I mean, I think he's going to play tomorrow. Um, he'll be back in the as lineup. we record this on a Monday, right? I think he'll play Tuesday night uh, against Toronto. My guess is I don't know that for sure. He today Monday's practice. He was in a regular jersey and did full drills and and all that good stuff and you know, was a full participant. And I think, you know what, I, th- I, I don't know. I mean, it, there's a lot, of, you could speculate a lot. I, I really think, I have a hard time believing that injuries haven't had something to do with, with his performance this year. He's had a rib injury. He's had a foot injury. He's missed a lot of games. Um, I don't know if those injuries were nagging at him at the end of last year. Because look, when he first arrived in Nashville from Ottawa, I think in November of, you know, 2017 or 18, 17 um he really bolstered that team uh his performance since then has has not been not lived up to the standards of his contract and i don't know if that's you know a player is never going to admit that you know never make an excuse that injuries are the reason why or, or, or anything like that but he just doesn't to me and i can only speak to this year because i've watched him closely this year um you know, to, to me, he just he, he looks lost at times and just and it isn't a hundred percent. And I think 
you know, nobody is 100%, but I think he's really operating a capacity that's much, much lower than that, even though he would never tell you that. And I, I don't, I think they'll, you know, I don't know how much it helps to, to sit a guy. I don't know how much it helps to put a second line center on the fourth line, I, you know, and play a lot fewer minutes. I don't know how that helps him get better. I don't know what the solution is, and, and I don't think the Predators do either. Um, but that's a problem they're going to have to figure out. When you set a guy, number one, you can rest him, and hopefully he heals up a little if it's, if it's bumps and bruises. It also can send a message to a guy that, that you know, if you're not getting it done, we'll find somebody who, who will. Um, I, yep. won- I wonder, I mean, I, nobody should be above that. If I don't, they're not performing. I, I, I agree with you 100%. What I don't understand is they played so well the last two games without him. If they were to put him back in Tuesday night, I would be curious to know why. I mean, if they're going to put him back in on the fourth line on, on Tuesday night, I don't I don't know what that accomplishes. You know, I, it's it's just, you know, but, but at this point of the season, can you afford, when you're trying to build chemistry with these other lines, can you afford to put him where he quote-unquote should be um, and hope that it works. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's just a hard dynamic to, 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 to balance. And so I think they have – it's creating a problem for them um, in terms of, you know, an immediate problem right now. You know, they'll have the summer to figure out, you know, what they want to do. But for right now, you know, they need Kyle Turris to be good, you know. Um, otherwise, they have to find another solution. There's not much time left to do that. Yeah, and there's no more free agent market or trade or anything. Your, your roster's set. There's Nobody from Milwaukee is going to solve that. No, there's not. I mean, they're, they're, they're at to find solutions within the room. And if that solution is sitting him, I'm, I agree with you. Then, then sit him. If you're a better team without him, I don't care what he's making. I don't care what he's done in the past. If he's not performing right now, I don't see the point in playing him. And I also don't see the point in – and playing him ten minutes a game on the fourth line, I, it, how is he supposed to? How is he supposed to get better and produce in that role? You know, and, and different guys. You know, guys are all different. Maybe he's he's a player who who can do that. I just personally don't don't understand that. Um, you know, I, I say sit him if he's not playing well. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, if you got better options, why not use him? Yeah, and now if if a guy's kind of a pitch count guy because you think he's banged up, and then nineteen minutes on the ice is you're going to see a big drop off i can kind of see that but i I could also see that i'm not i'm not saying they're playing games here um but i've i've seen in football for instance where in the middle of the week you take the starting left guard who you think's not playing as hard as he should and you make him second string and then he starts knocking everybody off their feet like you wanted him to do and you say okay now you've earned your job back I just I don't think that I don't think it works. I mean, in, in hockey as much that way. And I mean, I think the you know sending the message thing can certainly work. But there's so many games, there's there's not a lot of time to to figure things out, right? Like either either you have it figured out by now or you don't. We, we're talking about what nine or ten games left in a regular season. Uh, and yes, he's been hurt a lot. But sometimes you just got to leave a guy behind. I mean, you know, you got to get on the boat and start going. And if he's not if he's not rowing in the same direction or whatever anecdote you want to use you know then he's standing on the shore and and that's just the way it is i don't i don't own a team i don't run a team i don't you know i i just know i've seen a common theme in sports as well a guy makes this much money so he he we have to play him him because the owner says play him or because you're afraid you're the coach and you're afraid to sit the guy the owner's paying that much and and i don't think obviously lavalette made a decision not to play him and that that is a bold decision for a guy of his stature and his contract. So, so I think you got to applaud the coach for being willing to say, "I'm looking for solutions. I'm not looking for 
pleasing egos. Well, and that's I mean that's his job as the coach, right? I mean the general manager has his job, and the you know the CEOs have their jobs, and you know, his job is to run the hockey team, um, you know, and make tough decisions like that. I don't know that he's getting mandates from above to sit him or not sit him or whatever, but I think there's an inherent pressure when you're you know there's a there's a there's a, a monetary value attached to a, a to a to a player that you have to justify in your mind why you know we're we have to play this guy we're we're paying him all this money and you know i i don't know the dynamics of all that all i know is if i you know and i'm not a coach but if i were and the guys look I, it's not anything personal when i say this but i mean kyle turris is for whatever reason has not been good this year uh and he knows that. He understands that. You know, everybody can see it. It's not a secret. You know, and, and but I think, and then on the same token, things can turn around quickly. You never, you never know. I mean, you know, you never know what can happen. Um, but for right now, I just it makes sense to sit him. We'll see if that keeps on going. I don't think it will. You had a chance to talk to to a few of the guys, and um, here's what they had to say. We've been here for Austin, um, and um, you know he's back now, and we're, we're we're happy to have him back, and that he's he's doing well. So it's mm-hmm. it's always important. A hockey team, as you know, is like a family. Mm-hmm. Do you have a plan, Peter, as to his schedule as to get back into the lineup? Or, or? I I do not. Um, I haven't seen Austin yet. Um, I haven't talked to him yet. I, I, I do not have a plan because I, I don't know exactly, um, you know, where uh, he's at physically. And so um, we'll have conversations uh, and then we'll, we'll figure that out from there. I think I'd be, I'd be jumping ahead here if I told you a plan when I don't know it myself yet. Assuming he does get back to health, though, is there any reason that he wouldn't go into the lineup eventually? Or? Um, again, I, I haven't seen Austin uh, to talk to him uh, to find out. I, I just haven't seen him. Not not skirting the question. I mean, maybe you can ask me that question again in a few days. First, I just want to ask you. I heard you talking with John a little bit. Just you know, Austin getting through that stage in that program. And, you know, on a personal level, as a, you know, as a friend of yours, I mean, what does that mean to you, you guys in, in here? I mean, it's obviously great news uh, that he finished the you know that course of treatments and um, but I, I think as his friend and as a teammate I, I think you know you're more more concerned and more worried about his health and his you know his life in general so I mean that's that's what I'm thinking about and I'm, I'm just happy to hear that you know everything has gone well and um, he's, he's in a good place and so that's that's all I all I really care other than, you know I, I'm not really thinking about you know, is he going to be back here in the locker room or not? But I, I'm more, I'm more, you know, thinking about his, his, you know, his health in general. And I mean, he's a, he's a young guy, man. He's he's a young guy, and he's gone through a lot. So um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm obviously thinking about him. With with the that kind of stuff available to you guys, and him seemingly so far taking advantage of, of that. I mean, how, how crucial? I mean, it's it's, it's got to be a nice thing for you guys to have that option because a lot of times when people go through that kind of stuff, they aren't they don't have that kind of those kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, I mean, NHL and NHLPA they they do such a fantastic job with providing any help you can, you know 
possibly you might need and there's always you know you never I mean it's just a kind of basically you're never alone I mean um, obviously it takes a lot of courage to speak out and you know admit that you have some kind of problem but uh, just the fact that you have help help available it's it's huge and um, you know I'm happy that um, you know obviously Austin is take you know he's he's taking care of his his issues and um, and just the fact that there is help available why is he so he seems so well liked in this room by just about everybody that I even from what I've seen I mean why is what about him makes him that I mean no matter what he's gone you know he's he's he he's had going on in his life he's never he's never ever screwed it up again among teammates you know what I mean like he's always been a great teammate great person um, as a teammate you know he's one of the most courageous guys who who's who plays plays the game I mean it, it's you know it's just the different qualities in, in Austin it's uh, you know it's a great guy and so I mean and and the and the and the stuff that he's he's been dealing with I you know, I don't think he he ever really wanted to show it show show it to us. You know, so I'm I'm just happy that he's he's getting help. Who's going to be in the playoffs that the Preds have to beat? Well, right now it's looking like St. Louis or or Dallas. I mean, it's it's a pretty close for the, race for the first round. For the first round, yeah, and and obviously probably Winnipeg in the second you, round. You again. think Winnipeg's going to be in the playoffs? I I kind of figured that too. Yeah, well, I think what two teams have clinched so far, um, but. I think there's there's no doubt. I mean, the Predators could clinch this week. As soon as this week, they could clinch a playoff spot. I think I don't. I, I've said it before. I don't like to. I don't like the playoff format in the NHL, but it is what it is. So the the Predators are probably. I'm you know it's it's going to be St. Louis or Dallas. I think both of those teams are beat. You know they can. And that's obviously whether whether the Predators finish first in the division or second. Winnipeg and Nashville are going to be playing St. Louis and Dallas more or less one way or another. More than more than likely, unless I mean, something things crazy, could change, but unless something crazy happens, but um, you know, look, it, it's it's advantageous for them to finish as high as they can. I think that's what they want to do. But I also am of the mindset, and I've talked to some players about it too. Like, look, once the regular season ends, none of this matters. Like wherever they end up, you know, they I don't know when they went to the Cup that year and they beat the they beat. The Stanley Cup final, they beat the Blackhawks. I, they were, were they an eight seed that year? I don't even remember what seed they were. I think they were an eight seed. So then they go to the Stanley Cup. Then they they win the President's Trophy the next year, and they can't get past the second round. I, you know, it's it's a total crapshoot as, as it always is. But you know, look, I think this. I've said this before. This team is, I think, is built for the postseason because of the strong goalie play. Because of you know, they they have some t- high end offensive players. You know, there's a drop off after those guys. But the goaltending is important. I, I don't know. You know, it's hard to predict. Are they going to win the Stanley Cup? I, I don't know. They're a contender, but I want to know the score and who they're going to play. That that I'll I'll do that. I'll get back to you on that next. That'll week. be next week. Everybody should tune in. But but when we look at those two teams, I mean, to me, if I get to choose, I want Dallas rather than St. Louis based on recent play. I, I want Dallas because Ben Bishop is always hurt. Like he's a really good goalie when he's healthy, but man, is that guy always hurt? Um, look, I mean, the matchups are—you uh, know—St. Louis is 
recently went on that really hot streak to to you know climb back and and cement their Inclu- spot, including Hammer and Nashville a couple of times. Two times, two games in a row, they beat them. Um, you know, they're a physical team. They're uh, you know which which the Predators before didn't really like those kinds of teams. Now they have some guys who can combat that. Um, so you know, again, that's David Poyle addressing some of the needs that they had with getting Wayne Simmons and Brian and, and Brian Boyle. Um, you know, so they have some guys who who now can stand up to that physicality. Dallas isn't quite as physical. I, you know, they're fast. They're but I mean every yeah, but every team in the NHL is fast. I I, I think either one of them I think are, are are winnable series. I think the the biggest obstacle is which is no surprise is is going to be Winnipeg again. But Winnipeg hasn't been playing very well of late either. So if if Winnipeg was re- was playing well, they would have pulled away in the race. Yeah, I think uh, but, Nashville's hung around when not playing when playing five hundred hockey because Winnipeg's been playing a lot of five hundred. Well, that's exactly it, and it's it's kind of funny you bring that up because we were we were asking um, on one of these recent road trips they all blur together, but we we're asking uh, Pekka about you know Pekka said basically they're pr- the Predators feel pretty lucky to be in the position that they're in because teams that are ahead of them keep losing when they lose and. So they're not really losing a lot of ground, even though they're not playing their best hockey. So right, if, if Winnipeg had gone on a streak like St. Louis went on, this race would be over. And I kept, I, I kept thinking, and there's still a little bit of time left, and, and I'm not the most optimistic person in the whole world, but I still keep thinking, you know, since the beginning of the season, the Predators haven't had a run, a good run, where they've won. I don't think they've won more than three games in a row since since that 13-3-0 start or whatever it was. They have a run left in them, and that run – I'm not just talking about the regular season. That that could that could very well bleed into the playoffs if they start going on a run here toward the end of the regular season or even into the playoffs. I mean, you know, funny things happen. I, I never try to predict the NHL playoffs. I'm, I'm more of a baseball nerd, but um, it, it's so, you know, and having covered the Blackhawks, who I thought when, when, the, Predators beat, when the Predators beat the Blackhawks in the first round in, in 2016 or whatever it was, I thought the Blackhawks were by far the best team in hockey that year, and they and, and better than the year before when they won the Stanley Cup. And you know, here come the Predators. So you know, it's it's and that series wasn't even all that close. So I think you know, it's no hockey. Hockey, you get that that NCAA tournament first round upset kind of thing a lot more than you do in first and second round upsets a lot more than you do maybe in the NFL or or even Major League Baseball. Yeah, it's it's certainly a lot less predictable, and so you know this season has been strange. You know, with all the injuries and the Austin Watson stuff, and then you know the trades and the, and you know benching some guys and and the goal, you know, the, the the emergence of UC, and so I think you know all that. Again, we're we're going to forget about all of that in a few weeks, um, and it's only going to be about you know the right now and and then we'll find out i I, i'm not good at predictions so um i I know what i see and i see a good team i see a team that can contend and i I don't that hasn't changed for me pretty much all season right i I guess the thing if that that me from the outside looking in that i would like to see from nashville and the less than a month we have left in the regular season to position themselves for the playoffs and as watching and seeing three consecutive periods of good intense play because they tend to either start slow or there have been other games when they've started fast and then have a two goal lead and, and don't have a good third period i'd like to see 
a full hockey game from because you got to have that to win in the playoffs. Well, the, I think the other night, with the exception of the first couple of minutes, first five or ten minutes of the second period, you did see that. Um, but you know, you're right. I mean, you're, look, you're never going to get a perfect sixty minutes, but I think they're getting better at not being bad at the beginning of games, which was killing them. Um, and yeah, so I'm not talking about being up four to nothing in the first eight minutes. I'm just talking about not being down two to nothing. Right. Sometimes. No, and th- and that's you chasing know, the game, as they like to say. Yeah, and, and and nobody's good at that. It's not just the Predators. I mean, if you look across the league, mo- most teams when they give up the first goal have losing records. I mean, it's just it's so hard to come from behind in the NHL. But um, you know, they've they've been better about it lately, and they've been better about playing better in front of of their goalies too. It's going to be interesting on Tuesday night, I think, because um, Toronto plays zero defense, so it could be like a it could be like a nine to five game or something like that. You know, you never, you never know. But um, look, I think this I can't wait for the playoffs to get here so we can stop talking about this and just talk about the playoffs. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the playoff atmosphere uh, down on Lower Broad, um, which which Nashville's obviously got a very good crowd, um, has a great home environment, but. It'll be a lot uh, more fever-pitched um, a month from now than it is right now. And I can't wait for that month from now. Well, you can wait another week for our next podcast uh, when we'll be back with the Catfish Corner. See you then. <laughs>